you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, everybody, it's Daniel Jeremiah for Move the Sticks. And I'm Bucky Brooks, and this is Dwayne Haskins, 360. Tosses on a right angle for Olave, and he's got it in the end zone. Haskins with time into the end zone. Talk about ball placement. Could it have been thrown any better? Lost in one. End zone. It's Ben Victor for the touchdown. What a ball thrown by Dwayne Haskins. All right, Buck, for those that don't know, let's explain what the 360 podcast series is all about. This is an entire podcast dedicated to quarterback prospect Dwayne Haskins. We break down his game, potential, and NFL team fits. And interview some of his coaches who know him best, including his high school coach, Buckeyes head coach Ryan Day, teammates of his at Ohio State, a mentor of his who happens to have played in a couple Pro Bowls, and of course, we interview Haskins himself. Uh, but before we get to all of those interviews, uh, let's get our opinion out there on the player. Dwayne Haskins in the mix, uh, potentially be the first quarterback taken. It's been a little bit of a battle there between him and Kyler Murray. We'll see how that all shakes out. Uh, but just as a player, Buck, let's talk. Let's go generic here. Floor and ceiling. What, what do you What do you view for Haskins' future in the NFL? I mean, I think he can be a perennial Pro Bowler. I think he is the quarterback that has played successfully in the league for the last thirty years. Um, I think he has tremendous arm talent. Uh, he does a great job of making throws with touch timing and anticipation. I think he's excellent leader, smart uh, when it comes to on the board with his IQ. And so, really, when I look at him, he is kind of the classic. Uh, franchise quarterback that teams have coveted. So I think his ceiling is really high in terms of being able to play at a Pro Bowl level. But at his worst, I would expect him to be just a solid starter that kind of leads his team and manages an offense and wins a ton of games. Yeah, you know, when I look at him, Buck, I think he's a little bit dependent on what's in front of him. I think he's somebody that's going to need some protection. Like every quarterback wants to be protected. Uh, but he's not somebody that's going to be able to create and move around and make things happen uh, if he's under a lot of duress. So uh, somebody I think you're going to get in, involved with a good good tight end, uh, some play action, and be able to protect him with a clean pocket, and he can accurately distribute the football uh, all over the field. In, in terms of the, the ceiling for me, I don't know that I put him in that, in that Pro Bowl category. I put him – I think he's going to be a solid starter. Now, 
The difference is I don't think the floor is very is very low. I, I think he's somebody with a higher floor, maybe a little bit lower ceiling for me. I think he's going to be a dependable starting quarterback. That's what I believe Dwayne Haskins is going to be at the next level. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I think he's going to be definitely a solid starter. And, in fact, when I compared him, I kind of compared him to Carson Palmer. When Carson Palmer entered the league, when you look at what he was able to do at Cincinnati, I want to say he went to a Pro Bowl there, uh, restarted his career after going to Oakland and found his way in Arizona and found the right coach to put him in the right offense, played at another Pro Bowl level in Arizona. I think Dwayne Haskins is that. Certainly some of it is dependent upon the scheme that he plays in and what he has around him, but I certainly believe that he has all the talent to be one of those uh, upper echelon starting quarterbacks. Yeah, no, he's going to be a fun player to watch as he goes uh, through this process, finish up and land with the team. One thing I know is uh, you get out there and watch this this guy warm up and throw out there, that's what you want the ball to look like. He throws a beautiful ball, and it looks nice on tape. Uh, as We both had a chance though, to see him up close and in person. It's impressive the way he can really spin the football. He's a talented, talented thrower. Yeah, super talented, and I think I think that's what you want. Like we, when we go back and we look at the guys that have played successfully in the leagues, guys that are talented throwers that are able to work from the pocket, I believe Dwayne Haskins has the right stuff to be able to work effectively from the pocket for a long time. All right, let's get into some of these interviews. We've talked to people all around Dwayne Haskins that know him best to try and paint a, a real a clear picture of what Dwayne Haskins is, not only as a player, but as a person. And the first person we're going to talk to is Dwayne Haskins' high school coach from the Bolas School in Potomac, Maryland, Pat Salento. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on today. Coach, we'd like to do a deep dive here on the 360 series with, with people that know these guys well. Can you, can you tell us the first time you met Dwayne and your first interaction with him? You know, I met Dwayne in the summer right before his freshman year, 2012. He came down from New Jersey to throw. Uh, with some of our receivers, and uh, I was just in awe, amazed. Uh, the way the ball jumped off his hand was just absolutely amazing for a freshman in high school. Um, you know, he had incredible arm strength, and, and, and the ball was just unbelievable. What was his size like as a freshman? What was he like back then? He, you know, he, he, uh, he was still growing, so he was only about 5'10", um, still had what I call a little bit of the baby fat, um, but every year he kept growing, and and growing and growing. Ended up leaving here. He was about 6'2", and I, I think he continued to grow once he was at Ohio State. Coach, can you give us an example, personality-wise, just uh, getting to know him a little bit better? What's a story maybe you could share with us about his leadership style, his personality, uh, just something from your time together? You, you know, he, he's a very humble kid, and, and from the first day that I met him, he came in and said, I'm a distributor. I want to make everybody better. It's not about me. It's about everybody else. And uh, you don't get that out of a kid, especially, you know, in ninth grade um, who, you know, has an extreme talent. What about him mentally, Coach? I've heard a lot of people rave about him at Ohio State. They talk about how quickly he's able to digest their playbook. And, and you can really see it on tape when you study him, uh, just how smart he is. How do you do acclimating it at a young age, you know, coming out of junior high? How did he adapt uh, to your offense there in high school? You know, he, Dwayne is a workaholic. He uh, would come in every day, study hall, meet with me for 45 minutes on his own. Um, and he would know what every person on, on the play was doing, um, every play. Uh, you know, he just loves football. Uh, he, you know, he's a eight, straight A student here, you know, had tons of options. And, uh, you know, besides school, you know, it's really football. Coach, any other sports that, that he played in high school? 
We have a two-sport requirement. I know he did yoga his senior year. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Tell me about this. That's an option? You, you can take yoga? Yeah, yeah. Yoga is now a sport at our school. So he took yoga his senior year. Actually, I remember when Ohio State was recruiting him, they went and watched him do yoga. So <laughs> I'm sure that was a nice uh, stress release for everybody in that room, having the Ohio State coaching staff in there. That is fantastic. Uh, Coach, one of the knocks on Dwayne are people trying to say, we know he does well, he can spin it, he's ready, he's smart, he's got football character, uh, but he doesn't run around a lot. He's not super mobile. Uh, When you look at him as a football player, starting with him all the way back in high school, how would you evaluate him? You know, he he can run. I mean, he uh, I think he showed that versus Maryland once he had to run. Towards the end of the game, he ran. If you look at his junior year versus Michigan, once they were playing man, he knows the escape. He can do it. It's just not, you know, he throws the ball so well, why would you have him run the ball if he can throw it? Well, that's a, that's a great way to look at it there. We appreciate that. Uh, is there any particular game in high school uh, that jumps out to you? Maybe a moment of memory. There's a, a rivalry game, a big game, or, or, or just one instance where he really rose to the occasion uh, like we saw at the end of his collegiate career? Yeah, you know, he uh, his senior year's last game for a tie of the championship, we uh, actually beat Georgetown Prep, and uh, he got hurt in the first quarter. One of those uh, – you know, run plays that we didn't call often, but uh, we said it's his last game. We'll let him run a little bit. He twisted his ankle, was out the rest of the first half, uh, and Georgetown Prep took the lead um, and went up by four with uh, 91 seconds left. Dwayne got the ball, went 75 yards on six pass plays, and it was just unbelievable. Byron left, which is hobbling around on one leg, and, and my brain surgeon, I am, I call a sprint out pass to the right. He stands in the pocket, throws a, a laser on a 15-yard out. Oh, that is big time. I love that. How about some other adversity? You, you talk about being injured and fighting through that. Any other adversity you remember? Uh, I know in the evaluation process, we always look to see how these guys deal with failure uh, in any area of life. But has there been any adversity that Dwayne has had to kind of power through? You know, he had a game his senior year. You know, he didn't perform very well. ESPN was here, and they had him mic'd up and that. You know, came out through a couple interceptions um, right off the get-go. I took him out of the mm-hmm. game. He, Of course, he was begging. You know, he didn't go sit on the bench and pout. He was begging to get back in the game, begging to get back in the game. I put him back in uh, with uh, 51 seconds left in the first half. He had three passes and 22 seconds of score went. 80-some yards or something. It was incredible. Every pass was right on the money. So once he's hit with adversity, I think it actually propels him. You know, not winning the Heisman, again, I think that's going to propel him. You know, people saying, you know, he can't do this, he can't do that. You know, Michigan's the best defense in the uh, you know NCAA, and he just torched them. Absolutely. Uh, the end of the season was quite the closing statement. How about personality-wise? Uh, what's he like? He's a, he, again, I talked about it a little bit. He's a very humble kid. Um, and, you know, he wants to make the people around him better. Again, you know, he would not leave the practice field until he liked the way the ball was coming out of his hands on certain rounds. I remember one specific practice on the comeback. He probably made those guys run for 45 minutes after practice. Then after that, he left to go down to an indoor facility to throw with guys in the area that were all signed Division One. And same thing, spring break last year, I know he was down in, in Miami with his quarterback coach, you know, throwing with, uh, you know, NFL receivers. And again, he wants to make everybody better. He, he, he loves football. Did you have any conversation with him during uh, 
the time that he's redshirting there. Maybe he's sitting behind JT Barrett. I know he had to had to really wait his turn a little bit there at Ohio State. How was uh, how was his mental state going through that period of time? You know, I talked to him. You know, almost weekly. Um, he, uh, you know, he wanted to play obviously, but he understood. Uh, you know, I know he played Deshaun Watson one year, um, and he was excited about that. But at the end of the day. You know, it worked out great for him. He didn't take as many hits. He showed what he could do throughout a full season. And, uh, you know, I know he wanted to get on the field. Same thing, like he wanted to play for a national championship this year. Uh, but, you know, things didn't work out th- that way. And, and JT was a great quarterback and a four-year starter. And he knew that going into Ohio State. Last thing for you, Coach, I'll let you go. Uh, if you can speak to the NFL general managers and head coaches out there, kind of give your closing argument. What are they going to get if they draft Dwayne Haskins? Uh, they're going to get an incredible passer who's you know very, very smart and makes people around him better. And that's the key thing. He makes those guys around him better. Well, Buck, it's always great we get a chance to talk to those high school coaches. I mean, I feel like they get a chance to, to really be around these young guys as they're maturing and developing as not only just players but as, as young men. Yeah, I mean, those guys know them best, and they kind of set the foundation uh, for what they will eventually become. And so I think it's interesting uh, what Dwayne Haskins was able to overcome during his high school time and the fact that it kind of set him up to have success at the next level. Speaking of the next level, you and Aditi Kikambwala had a chance to speak with Ohio State head coach Ryan Day at the Buckeyes Pro Day last week. I was able to interview him at the Combine in Indianapolis. Uh, Let's see what Coach Day thinks of his record-setting signal caller. We're seeing that so much of the game really centers around the quarterback. What is the challenge in getting young quarterbacks ready to play, even at the college level and maybe at the NFL level? It takes time, you know, and, and you know, I think when you see kind of like the way that Dwayne came on this year, uh, so much of that was done leading up to, to the season. Uh, understanding of protections, it's such a huge part of being a quarterback nowadays, is understanding what's going on up front. Um, not only the confidence, but the ability to, uh, you know, get the line to, to protect for you, understand where the where the defense is uh, trying to attack you, but then also defensive structure, understanding how to attack coverages, underta- uh, understanding how your footwork times up with the progressions, all those things come into play, and, and I think that, um, you know, now quarterbacks are coming more and more prepared into college and into the NFL, but still uh, so much work to be done in, in the classroom. What makes Dwayne Haskins such a special player? First off, uh, he has a special talent. Um, his innate accuracy is some of the best I've ever been around. I had a chance to be around Matt Ryan when he was at this age, and um, you know, very similar that way. The anticipation, the touch, has a great feel for what's going on in front of him. Um, you know, also has has really embraced. The, the classroom understands, again, like we're talking protections, defensive structure, what's going on in front of him. I thought he did a really good job this year with that, you know, especially late in the season with some of our games where he took control of what was going on up front. Um, but he has, a, he has a special spirit about him. He doesn't get rattled. He stays pretty even keeled, and, uh, and nothing's too big for him. You know, when you think about the stage being big, obviously you've been around NFL quarterbacks, and they have to perform in pressurized environments. How do you think he will perform when he has an opportunity to be a franchise quarterback? I think he'll do great. I think that uh, it's not going to happen overnight. You know, Dwayne hasn't played a whole lot of football. So every time he's doing something, it'll be for the first time in the NFL. So I think every time he plays, he'll be learning. You know, we talked about it all the time. You either win or you learn. You don't fail. And I think he's going to take that approach when he's in the NFL. You know, in, in thinking about 
young quarterbacks and continue to develop them, what would you say is the one thing that you absolutely love about him and what a franchise will love about him when they begin to really dig down deep and meet him? Uh, I would say overall, his overall spirit. He's got a great spirit about him. You know, he's been raised the right way. His, his heart's in the right place. Uh, he cares about the people around him. Um, and he wants to be great. I think he's been working his whole life for this opportunity. And he's going to make sure he wills himself to, to be successful. And it's not going to happen overnight. He understands that. But in, during that journey, he's going to bring a lot of people with him. First-year head coach here at Ohio State. You've been in this program, though, but you've got to feel like a proud father when you've got these guys out here performing today. Yeah, very impressive group. Um, you know, obviously watching Dwayne throw the ball is you know really impressive. Just seeing the way he's worked on his body over the last couple months and throwing the ball really well. And then when you look at the guys that he was throwing to today, what an impressive group. Yeah, you got some speed. Some speed was on display with that wide receiver group. And, and Paris Campbell looks like he's going to be okay. Just more precaution than anything else today. Yeah, he was running, a, you know, kind of a flood sail route, and you know, the foot kind of went the ground the wrong way and you know he's really done a great job with the combine and obviously what he's put on film so they just want to be careful if we can start with Dwayne one year as a starter what do you feel are the biggest questions that you get asked about him that you sort of need to shoot down or respond to yeah I mean really it's just at this time last year he really hadn't played at all he played in the one game the team up north game and so he didn't he didn't have any experience no collegiate stars then comes into the season throws 50 touchdown passes has an unbelievable season um but it's you know there's just not a lot of games there's only so many games and that's not his fault but mm -hmm. he just doesn't have a ton of experience uh, other than that when you look at his game and the way he uh, really came on at the end of the year it kind of speaks for itself is there an underrated part of his game that maybe everybody doesn't see because there are so few games? I think it's his football IQ. Um, when you look at you know some of the, those games down the stretch, he handled all those protection calls, and he got the line organized in the protection, which I think is such a huge part of quarterback play, especially at the next level. But he really does understand football, understands protections, progressions, defensive structures. And so um, you know, when you sit down and talk with him about football, you'd be very impressed. A chance to watch him today, and, and to me, you mentioned just the, the shape that he's in. He looks, he's, I told him he's a lean, mean fighting machine at, at this point in time, but really tried to accentuate that quickness in the pocket. You saw him shoulder rolling and moving around and climbing around in there as an athlete. I mean, that's been one of the concerns about him going forward, you know, mobility wise. He's going to be able to get away from it. Your take on, on Dwayne's athleticism? Come a long way since he got here. You know, our strength staff and, and Mickey Marotti have done an unbelievable job getting him to where he is now. Uh, when you saw down the stretch, especially in the Maryland game, I think he ran it for 13 yeah. times in that game and showed that he can run when he needs to. He can get himself out of trouble. Uh, he's not going to be a runner. Uh, he's not a JT Barrett or a Braxton Miller. That, that's not his style. But as he's gotten more mature and as he's, his body's grown, uh, his legs have gotten stronger. Uh, he is able to extend plays. Um, he is, um, you know, I don't know how much zone read he'll do at the next level and things like that, but he can get himself out of trouble when he needs to. Nick told us that he's kind of a quiet guy. What, who is he in the locker room? What sort of a leader is he? Uh, he's himself, which you know, we talk about all the time. Every quarterback has to be a leader. That's their number one job. But every leader is different. Everybody has their own style. His style is he does a lot of work behind the scenes. And as he became more and more confident, got more games under his belt, his leadership style took you know, more to the forefront. And I think as he grows, it'll grow as well. Last thing, and I'll let you go here, Coach. On a scale of 1 to 10, how sick does it make you to sit next to two people wearing blue uh, on a set? Well, I want to say this. You guys are lucky you didn't have to go to do some push-ups over here. Because <laughs> I know. most people who are in this building who wear blue, they either get thrown out, have to take off the shirt, or have to do push-ups. So you guys are lucky. Yeah. Underneath. Okay, well, yeah. uh, this is your pass uh, right on, now. The next time you guys on, are in trouble. Hold on, hold on.
There we go. Put this on film. He's. There we go. You got ten. I'm not doing ten. that. There we go. Get this. <laughs> ten. Count them out. Six, seven, eight, nine. 10. Okay. DJ wins the what day. What about you? You could sign him up. He might have eligibility left. I don't know. He learned his lesson. He learned his lesson. When you walk through these hallways, you can see, too, we mean our business. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate your time. No, absolutely. All right, Buck. I guess I, I learned my lesson at the uh, at the end of that interview. You don't – I knew you can't that. Wear That's blue. the thing. You can't wear blue. I know. I don't have anything on, other than they, blue they, with they, my they, network gear. All my NFL network gear is blue. I know. And then they reference it, the, the, the school up north and, and yeah, that stuff. You know better. That. You know you can't walk up in there in, in enemy colors. Yeah, no. I I, I, uh, I screwed that one up, and I paid for it. But that's all right. Do the time. You do the crime, you got to do the time. And uh, I knocked out those ten push-ups. Was I sore the next day? Maybe. Maybe I was. Just a little bit. Um, all right, who we got next here? I think this is one of the more fascinating uh, conversations around Dwayne Haskins because I don't know how many people know this story, Buck, uh, about a mentor in his life who, if you're an NFL fan, you will be very familiar with this name, and that is a former Pro Bowl cornerback, Sean Springs. All right, Buck, excited for our next guest here, Sean Springs, 13 years in the National Football League, one of the best secondary players during that period of time. Uh, Sean, thanks so much for taking the time for us today, man. I'm glad to be on, man, hanging out with you guys. Well, I, look, I could litter you with questions, uh, as Bucky could as well, talking about your playing career. But we want to talk to you about your relationship uh, with one of the more yeah. intriguing players in this year's draft class in Dwayne Haskins. So can, can you start off, just fill us in on the backstory <laughs> of, of where Dwayne grew up, where you met him, and, and where it went from there? It was interesting because uh, I've been known to Dwayne since he was like 11, 12 years old. I was at a passing camp where my son was uh, uh, in sixth grade and Dwayne was in seventh grade. And next thing you know, my son gets up and he throws the ball like 30 yards. And I was like, oh, that's pretty good. Dwayne is right behind him. And he throws the ball like 50 yards, like 12 years old. And you're like, wow. That's <laughs> like, who is this kid? Like, that? that's pretty amazing, right? And, uh, and, and you know and I'm looking around in the stands, and I'm looking around, and there's only two little black kids out there. So and I look in the stands, and there's another dad out there. I was like, Mr. Ha excuse me, sir, is that your son? And it was Mr. Haskins, and he was like, yeah, that's my son. And uh, he was kind of – he was nice. And then when Dwayne came off the field with my son, Scholar, they were friends, obviously. Uh, he was like, hey, Mr. Springs, I play with you on Madden, man. I'm a big fan. And then Mr. Haskins looked around and was like, you didn't tell me he was a football player. I'm like, man, I'm a dad out here, man. I'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> and that's how, and that's how the story began. You know, but you you took an even deeper interest beyond that camp. Like uh, in looking about it, you would go and visit him in Jersey. And so, from your time, kind of being around him and being an influential presence in his life, how has Dwayne Haskins grown from the kid yeah. that you initially met to the kid that has been a star at Ohio State? Well, the, the kid I initially, uh, initially met was a, a kid who had potential, but obviously. You know, like anything, you got to be in the right situation. And when I saw Dwayne and I, I just told him, I said, hey, man, there might be an opportunity for this kid to come play down in the Washington, D.C. area. And I remember they came down for a weekend and we were watching Good Counsel versus Gilman. And Good Counsel had a kid named Stefan Diggs and Kendall Fuller was a star out there. And uh, and uh, Gilman had a kid named uh, Cyrus, Cyrus Jones. And it was a good game. And when Dwayne saw that, he was like, man, I need to be a part of that. And we were fortunate that we were able to get it, the family to um, want to move down and uh, uh, to the Washington, D.C. area. Dwayne picked bullets so that his sister, to me, get a great education. And he just, he matured. 
But the biggest thing, um, Bucky, for young players, you might have aspirations to want to play high major D1, but you got to have the work ethic. And that was the biggest thing I tried to install with Dwayne. He would ask me questions like, what was Tom Brady like? I was like, man, he was a hard worker. You know, he might have ran a five flat, but he worked hard. And uh, he was the first in the building, the first to uh, get in the last league. So one thing. I saw from Dwayne from where you saw him as a 12-year-old to where he was uh, 15 as a sophomore, 16 as a, as a junior in high school. He was just he just continued to get better and progress. And I think when he got to Ohio State, I think it was uh, a little bit of opportunity to uh, learn from JT leadership, uh, build his body up, and really go to the next level in college. Sean, I'm sure during that process, during the recruiting process. Um, you know, coaches from all these different schools reach out to you to try and learn about Dwayne. But any of it, it could be Ohio State, whoever, whoever talked to you during that process and asked you, you know, what do you think this kid will become and what can he do for us? What was your answer? Uh, high major D1, a high IQ. Uh, we knew that Dwayne had the, that mean, I, I, I told people when he was in high school, I remember talking to, um, Camp Cameron, you know, the LSU, and I was just like, man, this guy is a special way he can throw the ball and way he picks, way he makes adjustments. You know, oftentimes you see a kid in high school, you know, they're good because they're bigger, they're stronger, faster than everybody. But Dwayne could go, he could go through one, two progressions in high school, you know, come off the first read, go back to the second, or you can make adjustments. Say, hey, Dwayne, you know, from this hash, don't throw this out to the opposite side of the field. And, and he would take notes and he would pick it up. And I just told every coach that was recruiting Dwayne that uh, you got a special kid. You know, he's not a, a typical mobile quarterback. He's a big, strong, stand in the pocket and throw the ball around type guy. You know, and thinking about that, because sometimes uh, quarterbacks like Dwayne can get kind of lumped in the box with some of the mobile quarterbacks that we've seen play mm-hmm. the position. But he's a pure pocket passer, and you speak to his – IQ, when you've been around him and you've watched mm-hmm. him work, how much does he just love ball and how, how, how smart is he when it comes to kind of understanding and breaking down the X's and O's? Uh, I, I, I tell people from a, from a physical live arm standpoint of view, he's probably uh, in the game, he's probably better than half the quarters I play with. No disrespect to like Brunel and Kitna and, and Hasselback and those guys, but I can only think of like maybe Tom Brady and Warren Moon that I can actually say like, man, with his arm talent combined with his love for the game, Bucky, I mean, you talking about a, a gym rat, you know, we hear that term talk about during basketball, but he's a gym rat when he was football. He crunched, you know, I, I was a, a Playboy All-American with Peyton and Peyton would ask a lot of questions and and that's why I feel when I'm around Dwayne. He's one of those guys, like, if he's around you and he knows that you – if he was around Mike Holmgren for like an hour, he's going to ask him every question about Brett Favre, how he can be better. He is a gym rat. He's one of those guys you put him in a situation where he's around a veteran guy. He's just going to soak it up and he's going to learn. Well, what do you think is best for him, Sean? I'd like to get your opinion just kind of putting your player hat on. Yeah. Um, for somebody who hadn't started a lot of games there at the collegiate level, right. a lot of, these teams have different plans for these quarterbacks. Some, hey, you're going to come in, you're going to go right away. You get the ball, it's your keys to the car. Other teams, we saw with Pat Mahomes get a chance to, to sit for a year. Just in your personal opinion, what would be the best path there for Dwayne? I, I, I like the I like the Patrick Mahomes behind Alex Smith. I like the you know how you know you have that type of leadership. I see some of these young quarterbacks come into the league and, yeah, they look good in college, but you know the first time you see a Greg Williams defense or you see a defense that gives you a lot of different looks, uh, it's, it's no longer, you're no longer playing Wisconsin, you're no longer playing Purdue or Illinois. 
I, I, I would love for Dwayne, you know, to go to a situation where he can learn from a veteran quarterback, whether it's for a half a year or for a full year, uh, where, you know, he can just really can develop and really just understand the game, what it means to be a professional, what it means to be a pro. So uh, the Giants is a perfect situation where everyone talks about Eli Manning being there. That would be ideal for him to go there with a tight end like Ingram. You got Shepard, you got Odell, you got Barkley, the man child. So with those type of weapons and you learning, I mean, that's how you, you know, you play 15 years versus you go get thrown into the fire and you play five. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and and thinking about that and thinking about his personality, let's just say Dwayne is kind of thrown in the fire and he goes to a team that doesn't have a lot of weapons around him. Do you think he has the Mm -hmm. resolve and resiliency to be able to handle that situation and it won't crush his confidence and he'll be able to kind of fight through an adverse situation and then see his way to the other side? Yeah, I think one, I attribute to his faith and his family, where he was raised by his mom and dad, very spiritual people. So I think he's a pretty mature kid for his age. But Dwayne has always had the underdog. You know, I mean, you know, he, you know the mentality when he was younger, when he was kind of heavy set kid, and his body didn't catch up to his 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 arm strength and what he believes. He always had that idea, like I got to work harder than everyone else. I'm not as talented as everyone else. I want to be the best, so I got to do extra. And uh, part of that comes from just, you know, his family and part of just me being in his ear, giving him a grade every year saying, now you got to be better. And uh, he just has some great advisors, great people. And just a knocking drive for this kid to want to be better. And I think he, he could. I think, you know, his life experiences warrant him the opportunity where he has a little grit and toughness to him. You know, your quarterback in the National Football League, starting quarterback, you're definitely under the microscope. But uh, for those yeah. that might not be aware of just how big football is in Columbus, Ohio, uh, being the starting quarterback at the Ohio State University, what type of a microscope has, has he already been under? Yeah, and, and it was a big microscope, but obviously you know the type of uh, you know uh, tradition that Ohio State has. And, you know, the, you know, people forget, it. you know, J.T. Barrett was a big step, big shoes for anyone to fill and what he did for our program and how many touchdowns he had and how many times he's a big 10 player of the year before that was Braxton Miller. And I, so I think uh, Dwayne, part of his challenge going in there, you come out of high recruits and you got to back up those guys. So you got to learn that you got to be mature enough to be able to put your ego to the side and say, you know what, I gotta, I'm got to, i a backup and I got to wait my turn. So that was a learning step for Dwayne. And I think, you know, going through what he went through this year with the Urban Meyer situation, all how much with Ryan Day and the turmoil that was surrounding, uh, surrounding the university at the time, I think I think he was very poised, and I think the one consistent thing you could see all year with our offense and our team at Ohio State was Dwayne played outstanding, and I think that uh, that just shows you the level of maturity that he has, and you know how he focused on his craft, and and, and it was and it was times where you know you know he wanted to be better. I think he was a little disappointed about the Purdue loss, and obviously he probably never met it, but I think it it, it took a little something. He lost to Collar in the Heisman Trophy, and I think he's a little disappointed about that, but. At the end of the day, he he knows he's just trying to grind and get better. When thinking about grinding and get better, who could you envision him playing like at the next level? Who do you think would be a nice comparison uh, for us to make when we see Dwayne Haskins and what kind of player he will be at the next level? I I think a lot of people think about Dwayne and Ben Roethlisberger, but for me, the guy I would compare him to would be Phillip Rivers. I love, you know, when Phillip came out of NC State with that big live arm and he wasn't, 
uh, running all over the place. He could stand in the pocket. He was strong. He was athletic enough to escape, but yet he made all the reads down on the field. I kind of see that for Dwayne. I I, I think Philip River doesn't get enough uh, due for what he's done for the San Diego Chargers franchise. I know one thing. Guys, uh, Buck, if, if a team drafts Dwayne Haskins and they get Phillip Rivers, they'll be dancing in the street Absolutely. Uh, in that city. And uh, uh, we can't wait. Look, he's a fun player to watch. We can't wa- cannot wait to watch his future unfold. And, Sean, we can't thank you enough for, for taking some time for us here today. Real interesting, interesting chat there with Sean Springs. That tells you a lot about uh, Dwayne Haskins and, and hit, look, how serious he takes football. I mean, he moved from one state to the next to put himself in the right situation where he could uh, grow as a football player and have a chance to play at the next level. Yeah, Sean Springs took a, a tremendous interest in Dwayne Haskins as a young guy and obviously uh, it paid off, moved to the DMV area uh, to have better competition, and it, it paid off because eventually he goes to Ohio State. And so uh, anytime you have a mentor that really can kind of sprinkle in some nuggets to help you get along the way, I think Dwayne Haskins is certainly better for that. All right, Buck, it's always fun to to talk to the high school coaches and the mentors for these young players, but there's nothing better than talking to their college teammates. Those guys offer tremendous insight into these prospects, and we've both had a chance to do that. I was out there at the Ohio State Pro Day with Aditi Kinkabwala, got a chance to visit with Nick Bosa, could be the first overall pick in the draft, as well as All-Big Ten wide receiver Paris Campbell. And I know you had a chance to visit with their very talented defensive lineman, Draymond Jones. So these guys were all teammates at Ohio State with Dwayne Haskins, and here's our conversation with those three young men. I want you to put your, your scouting hat on for a minute here because we've talked about you, we've talked about your brother. There's another main attraction here today in, in your quarterback in Dwayne Haskins. Uh, can, can, you, can you speak to him a little bit as a, as a leader for, for this team, this Buckeye team, taking over for J.T. Barrett, who was lauded for his leadership? Yeah. What was Dwayne like as a leader? Dwayne was similar to me. He was quite more quiet, um, which I think is more – when you're quiet and what you say really, when when you're not just spewing stuff out, when you what you say really means something, when somebody hears what you have to say and they're like, wow, he he said something, so he must really mean it. So, I mean, from freshman year to sophomore year, he was definitely learning how to do it. Um, but once he got the reins of the team and was going and making plays for the team, um, he came into his own big time. Give, give me something about your quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, that uh, that maybe most folks don't know. Um, honestly, I would just say, um, at first, you know, uh, when Dwayne came first came in, you know, everyone knew he had talent. I think just where he lacked was just uh, the leadership, and he took an extraordinary role um, this past season in leadership. Um, everyone knew he could throw the ball. Everyone knew that he would be, you know, um, you know, this high, highly touted quarterback. But everyone, you know, was concerned about his leadership and just the way that he took the the bull by the horns on this team, uh, the things that he did, uh, just throughout. Each game, you know, he always was poised in the huddle. You know, he always kept guys going, kept spirits up. And that was huge for us, um, you know, because we needed that from our quarterback, um, especially, you know, with JT Barrett leaving and him being the leader that he was. Um, Dwayne really stepped out um, and just became that leader that we needed for us. You know, beyond his leadership, what else does Dwayne Haskins bring to the table when he's your starting quarterback? Uh, I think he brings swag. That's the number one thing that I think of. Um, you know, he steps on the field. He knows He knows he's the best quarterback. Um, and he, he just brings that swag, and uh, that allows, you know, for the receivers, the running backs, the line, just play with confidence, um, knowing that our quarterback has the confidence not only in himself but in us as well. 
I want to know what type of an athlete he is because that's been one of the concerns, right? Is you know, although some some folks said he was too athletic, uh, other folks said, okay, we question a little bit. How can he move around? Now, now, get, have you have you hooped with him? Like, give me something about Dwayne athletically that we can pump him up a little bit. What we got? Uh, I I think I say he's an athlete when he wants to be. Uh, I think if if you go back to the, you know, the Maryland game, you know, he actually uh, had a couple of rushing touchdowns that game. And, uh, you know, they were, they were forcing him out of the pocket. And I think, you know, like I said, he's an athlete when he wants to be. So he he has it, you know, he's just got to dig deep to find it. (laughs) I love that. On the other side of the ball, Dwayne Haskins emerged as a force in the Big Ten. What did you guys see from him that let you guys know that he was going to be a special player this year for Ohio State? Um, it started way back in like winter. You know, when he at first he wasn't really attacking the weight room like that, and then like progressively he's gotten better and better because you know guys were on him, and then he started to develop his own role and realizing that you know the weight room is going to be my, my my baby basically. He's going to be my home. That's how I'm going to be a dominant quarterback. And then spring ball when he was battling for the starting spot against Joe Burrow, he definitely just came into his own. He tried to become more of a commander instead of it just being a guy who's just like laid back and just moved. He's saying he took a lot more control of the offense because the talent was already there. So it was a leader aspect that he just handled. You know, and, and speaking of his leadership ability, what kind of leader is he? Is he a vocal guy? Is he quiet, do by example type? What kind of leadership skills did he display as the season went along? He seemed more of a, a game time leader. When the, when the moment was there, he took advantage of it. It wasn't like he was given a game time, a game before a game prep speech or anything. He wasn't that type of player. He was more so in, like, when the, the situation gets tough, you know, you going to hear his voice. Well, there's some interesting conversations there, Buck, with those teammates. And it, it's really a, a fascinating case study there with Dwayne Haskins because not somebody that's a three- or four-year starter. You know, we saw some of those quarterbacks last year, namely uh, Baker Mayfield, who played so much football. Dwayne Haskins had to, to wait his turn, be patient, and then when the opportunity presented itself um, to go out there and take advantage of it, you kind of see that picture get painted there by his teammates. It absolutely. They paint a great picture of him and his leadership and how it evolved over the course of the season. And anytime you're thinking about selecting a franchise quarterback, you want to make sure that he has the leadership skills. And I think in those conversations with his teammates, they convey that this guy is a really good leader. He has grown in terms of his ability to kind of command their respect and their attention. And so um, I think the future is bright for Dwayne Haskins. All right, we've got a chance to visit with those around Dwayne Haskins. Let's, uh, let's get to the man himself. Uh, Buck, you interviewed him in Atlanta on Super Bowl weekend. Aditi Kinkabwalo and I were in Columbus, Ohio uh, for their pro day last week. And we each had a chance to visit with Dwayne Haskins, and here's our conversation with the Buckeyes All-American quarterback. How's everything going? It's going great, man. I'm having a blast out here. You know, Dwayne, like so many people are excited about your potential and the things that you've been able to accomplish. Just tell me, what were you able to learn about yourself during your final season at Ohio State? I got so much work to do, you know. I feel like I get so much better. Uh, going through every game, I learn something new about myself. But uh, I know that I got a ways to go, but it's scary how good I feel like I can be. You know, in, in looking at your game at Ohio State, what would you say some of the things that you bring to the table for an NFL team? Distributor. Uh, just be able to throw all over the field, short, intermediate, deep, and then be able to, to have time and routes, deep routes. There's stuff that I can do all over the field to give an offensive a very good dynam- dynamic. Now, one of the questions that you were here, as you continue to go forward in the process, or who are some of your role models? Who are some of the guys and the pros that you pattern your game after? A lot of guys. Um, I say Drew Brees' accuracy, Aaron Rodgers' off-platform throws, um, Tom Brady's leadership, the stuff that everybody does well, try to try to model into my game. I don't really say just one specific quarterback because everybody has their own thing that they do well. 
but I just love, I love, just love the game. You know, like obviously having watched you since you were a teenager coming yeah. through the camp cir circuit, I knew that you were a special player, but if you had to tell people what is going to allow you to be a special player in the pros, what would you say that one trait is? I'm humble, man. Just, just knowing that I, I know I haven't reached the surface of what I can be. I'm going to keep working hard. I'm going to get everybody around me better. And uh, just knowing that uh, I'm going to push myself every day. So then when we have an opportunity to visit with you at the Combine, what are some of the things that you want to show off at the Combine to make people feel comfortable about you potentially being the number one quarterback in this draft? Well, I'm going to kill the board. So I'm going to get on the board, coverages, protections, all that. I love that stuff. I'm going to be able to do well in the interviews. It's showing that I have the personality to be a franchise quarterback. So uh, that's all I wanted to go do when I go to Combine and show that. You get a chance here to sit down with the man of the hour here in Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne, how how'd you feel everything went for you today? I thought it went, went great. Uh, had some adversity with Paris getting hurt today, but we made it work. But you know, definitely uh, proud of my guys. Well, no, you just sat down and said you were in a salty I was off mood. camera. Um, well, <laughs> I, I, I missed a couple throws, maybe like one or two. Why but. is it so important to you to come out here and do this again, though? And why does it still eat at you? I wanted to be throws? perfect today, but, you know, everything's going to be perfect. But I had, I had a good time. One of the things that I mentioned watching you throw today, I thought you did a great job of kind of accentuating the movement, the quickness inside the pocket, mm. um, just kind of little shoulder rolls and, and just a, the little quick sudden movement. Was that part of the, the plan today to show that off? Yeah, definitely. So during the season, I wore a knee brace and it didn't make me feel great all the time. So uh, today I just wanted to show that, um, you know, that I can move off platform, move off spot and still be accurate. And, um, you know, had some really great guys, really fast guys look good for me today. So I appreciate it. It was good. You've said repeatedly that it's very important to you to show teams how smart you are. Yeah. Why? Do you feel like that's been a knock on you? It's not necessarily a knock just because of the stereotype, but the biggest thing is I feel like I'm smarter than the average quarterback. And um, for me, going through the combine, going through meetings after the combine and going into the draft, um, just being able to retain information. So a lot of teams have me draw up their plays and be able to recite the plays to them, how it worked for his protections, how certain coverages would go. And, it would be like six plays. I remember all the plays at one time, and I get no time to think about it. So it was pretty, it was pretty good. So uh, I feel like I do a good job retaining the playbook. I'm just curious from a scouting perspective where your weight was in the fall versus where your weight is now because you look, you look like a lean, mean fighting machine right now. <laughs> I appreciate I mean, the what, kind what have words. you done? How much weight have you lost from the season to now? No, so I was kind of heavy going into combine and um, had some good food after declaring, but uh, it's getting back into game shape. That's the biggest thing right now. So the season I played around 20, 24, 25. So right now I'm 25, 26. So by season I'm probably like 22. You went to dinner with the entire Giants contingent yesterday, right? <laughs> yeah. What? So I was told by a member of that group that you were extremely impressive. That's nice. What, <laughs> what yeah. do you feel really distinguishes you from all the other quarterbacks? I think this is the biggest thing with, with drafting a quarterback is when a guy will be there for 10, 12, 15 years. And that's the guy you want to lead your franchise. So every meeting that I go to, I wanted to show how charismatic I am, how smart I am, and to be able to relate to everyone in the room. So um, being able to sit down with them last night was awesome. Had a great time. Yeah, I had some good talks, ate some good food, and you know it was a great experience. You played well throughout the season, but you found another level at the end, especially those last three games. When you look at a rivalry game, a conference championship game, and then the big Rose Bowl over Washington, what what really clicked for you to lock in and just take off at the end of the year like you did? Yeah, so um, Coach Mick told me to be a dude, and that's his <laughs> phrase. So for those that don't know, explain who Coach Mick is. Coach Mick is our strength coach, and um, I would like to say he's probably the toughest guy I know. So. Uh, 
uh, for him it was just be a dude. So there was times in the game where I had to take over. So um, not saying that I wasn't playing great in the beginning of the season, but I just took complete ownership of the team at that point as we got down the stretch trying to get back into the playoff run. And it was a lot of fun, honestly, to be able to, to have those games like that and uh, finish at a high level. But um, I mean, uh, it's all to the offensive line receivers, made all the great plays. And you know, I was put in the right spot and I just led them. When you talk about being able to take over, one of the things I've heard about you is that you didn't have a difficult game this year, <laughs> that you never faced in-game adversity. Yeah, yeah. What, is there any fear about that? Is I, I watched the Maryland game, so I know, <laughs> you, had, I know you had some in-game yeah, versus I mean, the, the biggest adversity was, was mostly off the field. And then and then this, with football, it's always a battle. So you might win some, might lose some during a game in itself. So uh, the biggest thing for me was be able to learn how to deal with not scoring every drive or defense not stopping one drive and be able to, to still win the game. So each game was a learning experience. We had some tough ones versus Penn State and, and uh, Purdue and Michigan State, and they played us hard. But I felt those games made us stronger. And uh, as we got down the season, uh, it was just more so fun for me to be able to grab the guys and, and be the guy that I wanted to be since the beginning of the season. I want to go back to previously when you're, you're sitting here and you're backing up JT Barrett, and, and JT Barrett is a good player, but you're talking about now somebody that's going to go in the top ten how did you manage the frustration of having to wait your turn here at this program? It was hard, but the best thing about playing at Ohio State is that, you know, um, you love your guys. So even though JT was a guy, he made sure he he, uh, he tutored me and he nurtured me and uh, was able to, you know, let me grow but not step on his toes at the same time. So um, definitely having him in my, in my quarterback room, I was able to learn from him in the first two years of not playing. It made me ready to play for the, for the final year that I played. And I appreciate him for being there. During the time, I was like, man, I want to play. But, you know, definitely with him being there and getting me ready for it, got me ready for the season. You know, Dwayne, DJ asks you about that. At the next level, Dave Gettleman, for example, the Giants GM, he's been very open in saying he likes that model, the Kansas City model, where – a rookie comes in and sits for a year. Mm -hmm. Would you be okay with that? Do you already have in your mind, well, I'll be a top whatever, 5, 6, 10 pick, and I better play right away? Wherever God wants me, that's where I'm going to be. And uh, whether that's playing from day one or playing halfway through the season or year two or three. I mean, Aaron Rodgers waited how many years to play, and he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So I just know that whenever I get my shot, I'm going to gonna do my thing. So same thing with uh, backing up JT, got in the mission game and tore it up. So whenever my opportunity is going to be there, I'll be ready for it. When you look at you going to the next level, you might have an opportunity to bring some of these receivers with you. <laughs> you mentioned yeah. Paris, unfortunately, got nicked up. I was told just a little slight hamstring, so yeah. they decided to be precautious there and shut him down. But tell us a little bit about your receivers. We saw three here at McLaurin. Dixon, I thought, had a great day as well, and then Paris. Yeah, so all three of them in their own, they're, they're all really great guys. And then um, to be able to have all three of them super fast. Um, you know, Johnny's more of the route runner. Terry's more, the more the physical guy, and Paris does a little bit of both. So, um I just feel like because Paris is so fast and he's the guy that he, they get overshadowed sometimes, but you know, especially teams wise, Terry's best of all, best in the country. Johnny probably runs the best routes in the country. So today it was just be able to, to show that in front of scouts. So they did a great job. I tell you what, it, it's been fun to watch you compete and watch you what you did here today. Thank you. Uh, we wish you the best of luck as you go through the process. Are you going to go? Do we know if you're going to Nashville for the draft? Undecided right now, but it's been a dream to go there, so we'll see. All right. I encourage you to go. You'll, you'll <laughs> have a great time. And you won't have to wait very long to hear your name called, I promise well, I'll you. I'll pray for that one. Yeah, uh, that'd be nice. There's Dwayne Haskins. Well, Buck, uh, confidence is the word that kind of comes to my mind when you listen to Dwayne talk. He's uh, 
He, he's very sure of himself. He's very confident. He doesn't, he doesn't rub you the wrong way. He's got good energy about him. I wouldn't even say he crossed over in the cockiness thing, which I don't mind. Uh, but just a very, he's very sure of himself for somebody with one year of, of production there at Ohio State. Yeah, I think the confidence is real. I think he has legitimate confidence in his ability. Um, I think the confidence comes from the way that he works, the way that he studies and prepares. And so I would expect him to get to the next level, and it may take him some time to kind of settle in. But once he figures it out, I would expect to see him have a lot of success because he is a hard worker and he's a very, very smart kid when it comes to IQ, and we know about his arm talent. Yeah, no, he can he can spin the football, no doubt about that. Uh, best, well, first of all, let's talk about should he be the first quarterback uh, taken. I know I think we, we've said this both on the record before. Uh, it doesn't matter where you, who you have as a top guy. I think you have Haskins, I have Murray. But it comes down to fit as it does every year. Yeah, it always comes down to fit, how someone fits within the scheme. Uh, I believe that Dwayne Haskins is the best of the quarterbacks now in the draft. Uh, when you have Arizona sitting at the top and that maybe the relationship between Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, maybe that impacts it. But in terms of who I think the best quarterback when it comes to the arm talent and hitting the prototypical things, I think Dwayne Haskins is that guy. I believe the Giants would be a terrific fit. Obviously, they're a team that needs to have a young quarterback in place. I believe they can surround him with enough weapons where he could succeed. It being from his area where he grew up, it would be a nice fit. I also think the Washington Redskins would also kind of suit his talent. So there are a couple teams. uh, We've talked about it right now as the draft stands. Somewhere in the top half of the first round, I would expect to see Dwayne Haskins come off the board. Yeah, look, in terms of, of fits, the Giants to me are the obvious best fit for him and where it makes the most sense. Uh, that would be at pick number six. They also possess pick number 17. But, look, if you're in love with the quarterback, you, you take him at six. You don't sit there and, and cross your fingers he's going to be there at 17. So that to me makes the most sense. You mentioned the Washington Redskins. I could see that a little bit. You know the team I wouldn't sleep on is the Cincinnati Bengals. I would not sleep on the Bengals. This is a Bengals team that has a long track record history it's well known their affinity for Big Ten players, uh, and this is somebody that's not far away there uh, in state. Get a chance to see him and and uh, throwing the football. I think he's got a stronger arm than Andy Dalton. He can make some throws that Andy Dalton can't make. Now he's not as athletic; doesn't move around quite as well as Dalton does. Uh, but you've got to take into account the price tag. Uh, it's a real thing having these quarterbacks on a rookie deal and being able to build up your roster around them. Cincinnati Bengals have lost a lot of players over the years in free agency. People bang on them for not being active and bringing guys in. Uh, I don't I don't care about that. The problem is when you get to the point where you spend the time and develop some of these players, you don't re-sign them. Uh, that becomes an issue. So, to me, Dwayne Haskins frees up the money for them to be able to retain their own going forward. Uh, I would not sleep on the Cincinnati Bengals with Haskins. It makes sense. It makes a lot of sense in a variety of different ways. Not only the connection, the Ohio, Ohio State-Cincinnati connection and the way the, the Bengals have an affinity for Big Ten players, but we have seen consistently the teams that are able to vie for the championship are the teams that have quarterbacks playing on rookie deals because you can build the team around their talents. You can really expend it. And so the Bengals looking to get to that point where they can add some talent to their roster, the best way to do it, draft a, a, a rookie quarterback, start him, and then continue to add pieces to the team. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens there with Dwayne Haskins once we get to the draft day. It's uh, it's going to be fascinating to see, especially if Kyler Murray ends up going number one, as we all expect. That, to me, turns to the biggest storyline of the draft is where does Dwayne Haskins land? And if for some reason the Giants do not take him at number six, Buck, then it gets fun because all bets are off. Are there teams going to be jumping up there to go get him? Are there teams in the 20s? You know, keep an eye on a team like the Chargers. Who knows what they're going to do trying to find their mm-hmm. successor to Phillip Rivers down the line? 
Um, if he starts to drift in the draft, you've got teams like that that could be poised to strike. The Pittsburgh Steelers would be another team I would keep an eye on. Uh, so it, right now, as we record this, it looks like the Giants the most likely landing spot for Dwayne Haskins. But if they don't pick him at six, Buck, it's going to get fun. It is going to be a lot of fun because this is a, a – I mean, it could be the wild, wild west of the draft when it comes to these quarterbacks because we all have speculated where guys would go. All it takes is one guy to upset the apple cart and change the entire landscape of the draft. We'll see where Dwayne Haskins goes on draft night. Well, I love our 360 series. Hopefully you've enjoyed – uh, this episode on Dwayne Haskins. If you're an Ohio State Buckeye fan, I've got some good news for you because the next 360 episode is going to feature one of Dwayne's teammates, and that's Nick Bosa, a player I believe uh, is the best football player in this year's draft class. You can find all these 360s as well as our regular Move the Sticks podcast. You can go to nfl.com slash podcast. You can find it on Apple Podcasts as well, or your favorite podcast app. In the videos, Buck, nfl.com slash mtsvideo or youtube.com slash nfl. The first 360 episode for the 2019 draft class is in the books. Anything you want to add before we get out of here, Buck? No, I'm excited. Make sure you tune in. We have a lot of talented prospects that we're going to break down. Yeah, we've got a uh, uh, tremendous lineup for the 360 series this year. Hopefully you enjoyed this one, and be on the lookout. There's another one right around the corner. Thanks again to our guy, Kent for putting this all together, all the hard work there behind the glass. And we'll see you next time right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.